Ladies and gentlemen, and let's be honest, uh, mostly gentlemen, welcome back to <laughs> the C- uh, the Vibing in a Ritz Car podcast. I am your host, as normal, CTF Football, or Connor Cades, whatever you want to call it. But today, um, we're going to get to a few topics, I think, but mainly I want to talk NBA Finals. Uh, we had one of the more memorable NBA playoffs we've ever seen, ever, this season. Um, with the Jaw stuff and the uh, the Lakers miracle run to the conference finals and the Heat, the eight seed, showing up and showing out in their attempt to go to another finals and the Celtics, their run of dominance in the first few rounds at times and then just to get 3-0 and nearly come back from it. Um, a lot of crazy storylines. And not a lot of them included the best team on that whole schedule. The best team on that schedule, or on that whole grid of any team, the number one most dominant team we saw in that postseason, followed shortly by Phoenix, was the Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets, not they did not get any respect. They came in as the one seed with the arguable MVP, Jamal Murray, Finally back from his injuries. Mike Porter Jr. had a good year. KCP was good. Uh, one of the best signings, Bruce Brown. Um, excuse me. I just ate pizza, so. Maybe a little in and out with drinking some water. Um, but a lot of, a lot to like about this team, and it feels like everyone was like, well, Phoenix has Kevin Durant, so they're making the finals. Or hey, the Grizzlies are finally back to looking like themselves again, they're going to the finals. Or something to that extent, I don't think anybody, or the Lakers are going to make a run, which a lot of people did predict that, and it actually didn't end up happening. Uh, they didn't get all the way, of course. Or you have people saying, well, Golden State's finally rounded into form. Um, Golden State. Not a lot of people predicted Denver to run it. They ran it. They ran it easily. And even the Clippers. I mean, the Clippers preseason were a big kick for a lot of people, but, of course, they didn't stay healthy. Kawhi and PG got hurt. Um, Or they could have been in the finals, to be honest. I mean, the Clippers are very good, and it's going to be interesting to see what happens with them because their window is closing. But it's going to be looked back on as a – it's not going to be as memorable as the Lob City Clippers era, but it'll be memorable because of how close they got if they had stayed healthy. Um, But they're not the topic of conversation. Um the Heat and the Nuggets are the topic of conversation, and who would have had that as the finals besides Israel Adesanya or whatever his name is? Not Israel Adesanya, that's a boxer. Um, the dude on uh, Around the Horn, the Israel guy, um, had that as his preseason finals pick. But besides him, who had this? Who had Heat, sell, heat, heat uh, Nuggets? I didn't. I definitely didn't. I don't think. I don't think. I don't think the average NBA fan had this. I think a lot of people probably had a combination of Milwaukee, who went out in the first round, that's, that happened forever ago, bro. Milwaukee lost in the first round like three months ago, it feels like. Um, and Giannis went on the whole th- failure's not a thing thing, which was interesting. Um, but, yeah, I just don't, people like, maybe a combination of the Bucks and the Sixers and the Celtics and the Heat were also in conversations like that preseason. I mean, they made, Eastern, they made the Eastern Conference Finals last year, but no one really involved them going into this year. Um, 
and then the other you got the Warriors and the Grizzlies and the uh, not really the Lakers. Not a lot of people were high in the Lakers. I mean, the year that I can remember. Um, and the Nuggets weren't really on anybody's radar to be this good because it was became a stereotype of, hey, can you win with Nikola Jokic? Can you? Uh, yes, you can. And they were the most dominant team of the playoffs. They dispatched the Timberwolves in five. Was it five or four or five? I think it was five. They dispatched the Suns in six. And the Suns only won two of those games because Devin Booker decided to not miss for a two-game stretch. So good on him. That was entertaining, by the way. Devin Booker, one of the more entertaining players in the league. And uh, get him help, bro. Get him some help. And it's not just – it can't just be Kevin Durant, DeAndre Ayton, Chris Paul. It's not enough. Get him some help. Uh, Kevin Durant did kind of suck in the postseason, which is a little weird because I'm not used to that. But he had some stinkers as I take a drink of water really quick. But the Nuggets – Five games in the first round, five or four, I think it's five. Then you play game two, or series two, you beat the Suns quickly in, th- in six. Not even that close. Should have been like a five-game series. And then they absolutely throttled the Lakers, four-game sweep in the conference finals. And on the Heat side, they had some series, bro. They had some interesting series. They had the opening round against Milwaukee, where, yes, Giannis was hurt, through basically his higher series, but Tyler Hero didn't play. And so you look at that and you're like, well, that's still a really bad loss from Milwaukee. And they fired their coach, and he just won a championship two years ago. So they know it's a bad loss too, and we can call it that. I like Giannis, I like the Bucks, but it's okay to call it what it is. You can't lose to the eighth seed if you're the one seed, and you're as good as the Bucks were. I mean, they were dominant in the regular season. What, 60-something wins? Dominant. They were over the Celtics, and the Celtics had a really good regular season. So, then going out round one, despite injuries, despite inconsistency from coaching, they still should not have lost that series in, in any sense of the word. Um, but they did lose the series, and, of course, Boston advanced to play New York, and they beat New York in six, five or six. That really wasn't that close either. The Heat looked like the better team the entire time. Oh, by the way, the Heat did lose a playing game. The Heat had to go to Toronto and win, and they did that. Um, but they lost to the Bulls. They lost to the Bulls. Let that sink in. They lost to the Chicago Bulls in the play-in, and they're in the NBA Finals. DeMar, DeRozan's daughter, shout out, of course. Uh, D'Air, is their name? D'R? D'R DeRozan? Something to that effect. Uh, the screaming she did, legendary, will forever be a meme in NBA lore. Um, but, yeah, they just got beat in that series. They didn't make, or that game, they didn't make free throws. Like, they didn't, every other series, they didn't do anything. And it's interesting because the Bulls are very much used to making those free throws. That's something that they do a lot. They make the free throws. Um, the Heat, not the Bulls. Wait, hold on a second. Was it Toronto or Miami that the Bulls beat? Am I, now I'm starting to question myself. I don't remember. The Heat lost to the Bulls, I think. Maybe I'm wrong. I think they did. But I don't know if that was the De'Aaron DeRozan game. I, I don't know. Um, don't quote me on any of this now that I think about it. 
Because now that I think about it, I can think of like Pascal Siakam missing free throws with DeAndre Rosen screaming in the background. Besides the point, I work a lot, okay? I'm at Target most of the time. Uh, besides the point. Um, the Heat then went 3-0 on Boston and dominated all three of those games. Like, none of neither none of them were even relatively close. I think game one was close, but, like, not really. And then Boston won game five, or game four, and Boston won game six, or game five. And then Boston won game six, which they sh- probably should have won by more than they did. They had a 10-point lead with three minutes left. They blew that. Jimmy Butler hit three free throws to take the lead, and then, of course, Derek White did Derek White and made it crazy layup, which will be in, which would have been in Boston lore if they had won game seven, but they didn't. Would have been out there with the Malcolm Butler catch and like anything the Red Sox have done. I don't know, man. Sign like drafting Mookie Betts. Like I don't know what the Red Sox have done. Yeah. <laughs> uh, of course David Ortiz hit like a grand slam and a double. It's pretty cool. Good for him. Um, but I'm not really into early 2000s, late 2000s baseball to know what historic moments have happened for the Boston Red Sox, besides the fact that they did come down 3-0 against the Yankees uh, in 04, which is pretty dope. And interestingly enough, another Boston team down 3-0, but they didn't come back like the Red Sox did. Um, yeah, they lost in seven. They got slashed in game seven. They, they, were, they weren't ready to play. Um, I thought that the Heat wouldn't be ready to play. I thought the Heat would be heartbroken. Because, man, you can't really get more of a deflating loss than Game 6 for Miami. And they came back, and they showed how good, co- how well-coached they are. Jimmy Butler, Caleb Martin, uh, Gabe Vincent had a great games. And you just look at this team, and you're like, man, there's not a lot here that you're like, well, it's a final team. Because Bam Adebayo is playing like a Chinese center right now. And I'm not saying that in a way where he's – no, I'm saying it in a way he shouldn't be in China. I'm not saying – that there are no good Chinese centers, that's obviously incorrect. Um, Yao Ming, of course, one of the greatest centers in NBA history. Um, he's playing like a center who should be playing in China. Uh, he's not playing good. He's been solved. He missed a layup over Derek White last night. So there's that. But you look at this series between the Heat and the Nuggets, and I think the mismatch is clear. Who's guarding Nikola Jokic? Bam Adebayo is a Good defender, but I don't trust him to guard Nikola Jokic. Let's go over the guys he's guarded this postseason, okay? Giannis, okay, he did a great job on Giannis, but Giannis also was hurt, so what are we doing with that? Um, second series, who did he guard? Mitchell Robinson? I'm sure he got some Julius Randle. I'm not overly impressing. The last series, of course, he guarded a combination of Robert Williams and Al Horford. He's not had anybody to the likes in the play style of Nikola Jokic. And who are they going to to help him with that? Cody Zeller is not guarding Nikola Jokic. And Jokic can pass it out. Who's guarding Jamal Murray? Gabe Vincent? I don't think so. I don't think Gabe Vincent's guarding playoff Jamal Murray. So that means that Jimmy Butler is going to have to guard Jamal Murray, which he can do. But then who's guarding Michael Porter Jr.? Is it Caleb Martin? Like, I don't know if Caleb Martin's a great defender or not. I'm not that into analytics and basketball like that. Um, I'm not – I'm not – like, I don't go into analytics like that. 
with basketball. So maybe Kevin Martin's a good defender, but I don't know, man. That's three guys on that team for the Nuggets that I'm like, can they guard them? Bam Adebayo can have some good defensive possessions when Jokic is trying to score, but I don't know if Jokic is going to be trying to score a ton in this series because he's got so many good players around him that can help him expose Miami a little bit. KCP's been red hot. Bruce Brown's been good. Jeff Green has hit some threes. Jamal Murray has been Michael Jordan. MPJ has played excellent. I mean, there was a shot that he had against Devin Booker who covered his face while he was shooting the basketball, and it didn't matter. He hit it anyway. Um, He is one of the best shot makers in the league. And Nikola Jokic, of course, can get buckets. He has a 50-point game in this postseason in a game I think they lost to Phoenix. And there are just some, some times where I'm just like, I don't know, man. But also at the same time, who's guarding Jimmy Butler? I think Bruce Brown will do some of that. And Bruce Brown's a great defender. Um, Jamal Murray can defend. I think he can switch a lot. There's a lot of switchability with Denver because they have length and they have speed. And I think any of KCP, MPJ, Bruce Brown, or Jamal Murray can at times guard Jimmy Butler. And I think that they can do a fine job of that. And I don't, I'm not worried about Bam scoring. I'm not worried that Bam's going to drop 30 against Jokic. Jokic is not a great defender. That's well documented. But it's not like Bam is going to be aggressive. Bam out of bio is aggressive for one, maybe two games of a series. And that's why they went up so early in that series against Boston. Bam killed it in the first two, three games of that series. And then he stopped playing with aggression. And he lost his confidence, and Boston came back to nearly win that series. And I don't know if he'll play aggressive. I don't think – I think he might. He can. He should. I think that he'll have much better of a chance to win if he does. But will he is a different question. Me and is not that killer that Jimmy Butler is, that Caleb Martin is, that Gabe Vincent is. And that's when it comes down to I think Jokic and Jamal Murray will be fine. But who are the others for every team? Well, let's go through the others. KCP, Bruce Brown, I've said them already. Um, MPJ, Jeff Green, these guys played well in the postseason. Jeff Green's 88 years old, still getting big-time postseason minutes. And Jokic barely sat. Like, I don't know, I can't even think of who the backup center for the Nuggets is because they don't need him. They don't need him. Um, so you look at that, the others have played really well for Denver. The others for Miami, however, have been incredible. Struth has been great. Gabe Benson's been excellent. Kayla Martin has been a revelation of one of the best players in the league <laughs> in the postseason so far. Uh, Haywood Highsmith put in some work in Game 7. So it's interesting to see the others actually sway towards the Heat. Their role players are the reason that they're here because games, games 5 or games 4, 5, 6, and partially 7, Bam and Abayo and Jimmy Butler couldn't make a shot. And yet, game 6, they nearly won that game, despite Bam and Jimmy shooting like 4 of 25 through 3 quarters. Like, Jimmy had a great 4th quarter, but they should not have been in that game with the stat lines Jimmy Butler and Bam and Abayo had through 3. And they were in that game because Hale Martin, Max Struess, Dave Vincent were doing the thing. And then you look 
gonna who's gonna be back in game three? Not injured anymore. Back is Tyler Hero, a 20-point-per-game scorer off the Heat bench. Kyle Lowry on the Heat, by the way. Um, I forgot about that. I, I'm not, he's not overly going to do anything. He'll average six points a game on good efficiency and playing good defense. Um, but he's old, and I don't really worry about him stopping Jamal Murray by any, by any sense of the imagination. I, just, I don't see that happening. Um, but you look at it, Tyler Hero being back could be massive because that creates a lot of spacing that the Heat didn't have. And the Heat, that's another big thing. The spacing was not good in the series against Miami. A lot of the shots they were making were really good makes by either Cale Martin flexing around screens and doing step curry movements or Gabe Vincent getting a tough setback three or Jimmy Butler hitting contested threes. The threes that they were making were tough. And I don't know how tough they'll be when Tyler Hero gets back. But another interesting play point is if the Heat are up one or up 2-0 or are tied 1-1, do you even play Tyler Hero? Because Hero has not played in this postseason. He's going to be fatigued. I'm not fatigued. He's going to be... Um, what's the word? Rusty. He's going to be not 100%. He'll be trying to tough it out through an injury in the biggest moment of his life, uh, at least since 2020, when they made the finals. So do you not play him? If you're up 2-0 or if you're tied 1-1 with a close loss, and you're like, well, we've done good enough to get here without him, and we're playing pretty good basketball here, do you leave him on the bench? If you're behind, I know for a fact you play him. Because he can give that spark plug of 20 points per game if he's in his health, if he's uh, in his bag and completely healthy, which who's saying that he is. That he is. Um, so it's an interesting uh, situation that not, I feel like not a lot of people are talking about. The Tyler Hero could be a massive X factor in this series. I don't know how much of that will be true. Um, I just think Jokic and Jamal Murray and MPJ and the others for Denver. I think that there has to be a step back from Miami's role players because they can't play as good as they did. I mean, Gabe Vincent and Kale Martin played like they were freaking Steph Curry and Clay Thompson over there. And I just don't think that that can be consistent, especially with how good defense the Nuggets are. And Mike Malone's such a good coach. It's a great coaching matchup. Eric Spolstra and Mike Malone, two of the top five coaches in the NBA. So I, I really have to give the edge to Denver, and especially with – the fact Miami doesn't really win at home a ton. Like, they lost to the Knicks at home. They lost to the Bucks once or twice at home. They lost to Boston twice at home. So, it gets interesting when you see the fact that they are better away, but Nuggets don't lose at home. The Nuggets have not lost a home game this postseason, I don't believe. Um, they have not lost a postseason game at home this year. Um uh, so I'm not confident in any situation that the the uh, heater in in terms of where you're playing. If it was Boston, Boston's better on the road. <clears throat> Boston is a really good road team. So that'd be interesting. But the Nuggets don't lose at home, and the Heat don't really play especially well at home, to my knowledge. I got to go Nuggets in five. 
Nuggets in five or Nuggets in six. I just don't know how much how consistent this Heat team can be. They just went seven brutal games, and the Nuggets have had 12 days of rest, it seems. And I just don't know how well that they will perform after having all of this drama against Boston, having to eke out the tightest of margins of a victory in that series. They did it. They got the Eastern Conference Championship trophy. That's a new banner. That's sick for them as the eighth seed, the first eighth seed since I believe the Knicks in 99 to make the NBA Finals. But I don't know, man. I just don't I don't see it continuing through the juggernaut that is Denver. They're too well coached. They've got excellent defense. They've got great length and switchability. And they've got two of the best postseason players that we that are in the NBA right now, Jamal Murray and Nicole Jokic. And I just don't think Bam Adebayo is going to be game. I think Jimmy Butler will be game. I think Hill Martin will be game. I think Gabe Vincent will be game. But probably not to the extent that they were in the Celtic series. They'll be tired. I think Denver won't lose another home game. I, I think they'll probably go unbeaten at home. Maybe we get like a Ray Allen. Or not Ray Allen. I don't know why I said Ray Allen. Maybe we'll get like an Allen Iverson moment with Jimmy Butler in game one. And they'll win in Denver and shock the world. But that's why I have five. They'll get one. They'll maybe get two. They're not going to win the series. Uh, the Nuggets are too good. The Nuggets are a team of destiny. They're just better. The Nuggets are just better than everybody that they play. And I think that Nicole Jokic, Jamal Murray win the finals MVP. And it's so big for basketball for more small market teams to win games like win series like this. I mean, Milwaukee two years back won the finals. Golden State, theoretically, is not a massive market. Before Steph Curry came in, I don't think you would consider that a massive market. Um, it's Oakland. I mean, I don't think you consider that a massive market. Maybe you do now that they're in San Francisco. Um, Dallas won in 2011. That kind of broke a big stretch of small market team or big market teams, and the Spurs also as well. These are teams that have helped the NBA come away from the Lakers and Bulls and Celtics and, like, Knicks. Not really Knicks. <laughs> Not really the Knicks. Um, the Heat. Like, these teams that dominated the past 20 years. The small market teams like Dallas and Golden State and San Antonio and Milwaukee and now Denver and Phoenix a couple years ago make the finals. Huge for the NBA. Huge for small market teams to be able to see, we can do this if we try. And I think that not enough small market teams try because they don't think we could, they can do it. But clearly they can. If you have a good front office, a good coach, and some good players, you can get anywhere in this league. And I think the Nuggets are going to win a championship. Five games, six games max. Nuggets get it done. Jamal Murray or Nicole Jokic finals MVP. I don't know who. Probably Jokic, just because he's the best player on the team. And usually since 20. 15, the best player on the team has won the finals MVP, even that they didn't deserve it. They've won it. Um, but yeah, that's all I got for the NBA. Let's transition a little bit to Malik Willis, because I'm going to make a post about Malik Willis a couple days from now. A couple minutes away from home, so I'll be able to talk about Malik Willis for a second. Is it interesting that he comes into the league out of Liberty, no help, 
bad scheme, comes in the league, has three or four starts, and people have given up on him, what were we calling him heading into the year? We were saying he was a, what? A project quarterback who would take development time. He's playing behind a quarterback who has openly been against the idea of his team having anyone but himself. I doubt that Malik Willis is at a point in his career where he can learn from Ryan Tannehill. I don't know if he's there. And now he's a third string behind Will Levis, and there is no future in the league for Malik Willis, I would doubt. I don't think it's there. I don't think it's going to happen because he's a third string on a bad team. And that's kind of purgatory right there. Maybe the XFL, USFL, like something like that to prove this guy's got so much talent. What were they comparing him to? They were saying he was Patrick Mahomes' light in college, and he was. I saw him live. There is a lot to like about Malik Willis. His arm talent is undeniable. His movement is incredible. His vision when he's running the football is up there with a running back. But the only thing that holds him back is his decision-making and the fact he's not ready. And he's one year into his career where he started three or four games and he played badly against good teams like Kansas City, and you're like, well, he's done. He's cooked. He's not cooked. Josh Dobbs started at the end of the season for the Titans. This is not a situation where you're like, okay, this team is really good. And Malik Willis had a great offense with him. He didn't. He had Derrick Henry, Robert Woods, Nick Westbrook-Akina. Like, what are we doing? What are we doing here? And Malik Willis also was a third, second, third-round pick. And people act like, well, he's a bust. No, he's not. He's barely played. He was drafted late. People knew he was a project quarterback. And just because he is, he's now going to be out of the league. This kid is a project quarterback to the caliber of Josh Allen. And he couldn't, he can be great. But he's not going to be given the opportunity to be great. Which is disappointing because Malik Willis is special. His talent is undeniable. And no one sees it because he struggled last year mightily. He was not very good. He was one of the worst starting quarterbacks in the league, if not the worst starting quarterback in the league. But let's not act like Josh Allen didn't go two years being a negative to the Bills. He was bad his rookie year, genuinely probably the worst quarterback in the league. His second year, he got a little better than made the playoffs, but he still turned the ball over way too much. And then his third year, boom, something clicked. His fourth year, boom, he was MVP candidate. Last year, he kind of took a step back, but he was still good. And we're not giving Malik Willis the same opportunity because he's on the Titans. we got to put Malik Willis on a team that can support his Development, that is why it is so key for a team like the Baltimore Ravens with Lamar. They have a great front office. The Bills have a great front office. I don't know if we can say the same thing about the Tennessee Titans. They've had a really good decade. They made the AFC Championship game. They've won divisions. They've won playoff games. But they're just not there to develop a quarterback to the extent of Malik Willis. They can barely develop their own quarterbacks in Ryan Tannehill. Tannehill is not a good quarterback. He went like a 40-start stretch of being better than Patrick Mahomes, and then he is not good. It's almost like that's not a thing. It's almost like Patrick Mahomes is way better than him. 
Um, remember that stat? I don't know if I'm just making that up. I'm not, obviously, but there was like a stat like 30 straight starts of Ryan Tannehill having more touchdowns and passing yards than Patrick Mahomes and less turnovers. Malik Willis needs to go to a team that can support his development because he is special. There is something special Malik Willis that they're just not seeing, and I think that he should get a start somewhere. Uh, I don't know how effective Kenny Pickett will be, so maybe Pittsburgh, pick him up, because that kind of would be a match made in heaven if Pittsburgh could get Malik Willis, in my opinion. He's like a mobile Ben Roethlisberger, um, except for not really at all. <laughs> that's just funny. Uh, that's it. Thank you, everybody, listening to Vibing the Ritz Car Podcast. I am your host, as always, Carter Cates, and I will see you in the next episode where we vibe some more. Thank you all.